Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. It's great to have you with us on the show. We have lots of people to chat over the next couple of hours. Great music too and competitions. I'll tell you more about that and on. But my first guest today, I am so delighted they're joining me in studio. I'm joined today by Patrice Matthews and Sandra Byrne. You're both welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. When I tell you that Patrice is here today and in the last 12 months, she didn't lose one son two sons to suicide. First, PJ at the end of last year, at the very end of the year, and then Mikey 13 weeks later, around about the Easter time of this year, both took their own lives. Patrice, I, I don't know how you're sitting in that chair today and preparing to talk to me. I just have to say that for a start. It's a struggle. Is it? It's a struggle, but I know the two boys are behind me. You feel that? Oh, I feel it, yeah. Yeah. What about their siblings? Um, How are they getting on? They're spooky. He's 16. Um, Millie is 14 and Madison is 10. They have their own struggles. Hmm. They're struggling a lot without their brothers. Of course. Our home isn't the same anymore. It's it's just, it's not the same. The sound, even the silence is different. Everything at home is different. Can I take you back to last year and talk about PJ first? Yeah. He was... A lovely boy, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely. He was a character. Mm, I, I get that yeah. sense of him. You often see things on, on up on Facebook, you know, to say your second born is your wild one. He, Well, I wouldn't call him wild, <laughs> but he was the one that would definitely push you to the edge, that mm. he would want to try different things and go out and about. He, he was the first to go out to a disco, even before Mikey, you know, even before Buki. Uh, he was the first that was out there. And yes. yet he was always a quiet lad. Mm. that would always stand in the background. Right. But as he got older, he started, turned into a hell of a character. Mm. So he was your second? He was my second son, Your second son. He was 17. 17. Did you worry about him growing up? Or how was he? He was okay growing up, but as he got older, you know, young lads, they'd be hit with different things in life. Mm. Um, And there was, sometimes I used to worry about him, particularly growing up, um, particularly after when my marriage broke up he sort of couldn't cope with that sort of thing but we moved along and we got along in life there was me and the four home and denied Madison but we the, the six of us together we worked together yes you know and then even when he hit his teens he was doing school and he stayed in school till fifth year and then he decided after fifth year no I'm finishing I want to go work and he was mad for work and he, he was a good lad with his hands he loved to work with his hands mm. he, he had a great brain 
he could think of anything, take anything apart and put it back together. He learned himself to take an engine apart and the tractor and fix the tractor. He was into all that sort of stuff, particularly vintage tractors. Mm. Um, loved working on his father's tractor, always put a new bit on it. You know, his father would come home and to be a new light in it or a new stick or a new pair of steps. You know, he, he was into that. Yes. He, he'd take any job on and he'd do it and he'd mm. finish it completely. Coming to the end of last year, you know, when you think of, you know, this time and ahead of Christmas and that, yeah. was he OK? Was there any indication that there was anything up with him? No, absolutely not. Nothing? Nothing. Um, I always remember, and I actually thought for yesterday, the week of Christmas, he got his bonus um, from where he was working. And I think it was 350 on the voucher. And the week of Christmas, it was a Wednesday night, he went out um, with my partner, Damien, and my nephew Ryan and they went in and done the Christmas shopping that was the Wednesday night before Christmas he was in top form had his new outfit gotten everything for wearing over Christmas and even then he worked he worked right up to Christmas Day we all sat and had Christmas dinner together even to St Stephen's Day sat and had the crack at the table he went off out with his friends like his his work clothes that he took off on St Stephen's Day still lying on his bed his socks are still Lying there, we took off with his boots. Um, went off out, had great crack. We were at my nephew's 30th. We came home, sure, everyone was shutting at nine o'clock with the lockdown and COVID and that. Mm. We were home in the house about quarter to ten. He came in with his friends. And I remember doing food, and he was in top form. He was in top flight. He was singing. Um, he learned himself how to play the spoons and how to play the tin whistle from the internet. And he was playing that. and. Um, I think Ryan had put on a song, Nathan Carter, um, A Boat to Liverpool. And he just loved that. And he was sitting playing the spoons. And I remember him, he was, he was at me and he says, Mother, come on and give me a jig. I says, I'm not PJ, I'm not dancing, I'm not into dancing. Mm. I says, you walk away and dance, because they're all having the crack at the table. I said, I'll say here. And of course, Mammy gets up and does the food for him, the tea. And within that hour, just something changed in him. Literally something changed in him. And um, he became very upset. He was inconsolable. I couldn't, he wouldn't even tell me what was wrong. And I remember going out to talk to him outside and I was like, come on in, tomorrow's a new day, have a cup of tea, you know, um, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I remember he did come in and he went up to his bed and I sat in the bottom of his bed. And then he just, I remember him jumping out of the bed and he said, you know, he says, no, he says, I need to clear my head. And I says, from where are you going? And he, he just went outside and I followed. I didn't want to hassle him, mm. but I followed him and... Um, he was where my house is the farm is literally behind us and he was walking up the lane and I did see the yard lights on and I actually thought his dad was there checking the cattle and when the yard lights went off I says he must have met him with his dad mm. and I left him for about five minutes and my other son Buki was in the kitchen and I said do you know I'm going up there was something unsettling with me I says I'm going up and I went up and he was actually in the medicine shed but his father wasn't there so I don't know how the lights were on I don't know if it was something or whatever but we went up and I got talked to him and he, he was upset and I remember rubbing his face and the tears were tripping and I says Peter come on we go to the house I said um, let's go home and he says right no bother and he plugged his phone Buki turned off the lights in the shed and I walked on Peter walked on but it was dark so I assumed he was gone ahead of me and I went home Buki came home we went in and I noticed Peter wasn't there and um I went out calling from him, no one's answering. And then this was literally within 10 minutes of speaking to him, he answered the phone to me. I says, where are you? I'm here in the yard. I says, 
what are you doing up there again? I says, come on home. Yeah, 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 I'll be down now, I'll be down now. And he hung up the phone. And but two minutes later I went by and I says, no, and I messaged him, where are you? He says, I'm on my way. And I wrote back, right, come on. I says, we can have a chat at the table. And he wrote back, okay. And I left it about, for, about five minutes. And uh, I, I messaged him again. I says, PJ, where the hell are you? I was getting late. And the message didn't go. So I upped from the table and I said to Bookie, I'm going back up here. And I was going up the yard as quick as I could. And I remember saying to Bookie, what's the air code of the yard? And he goes, why? I had this sick feeling. I said, we're going to need an ambulance. I just knew. I'm going in the gates. I saw the same shed. I took him out of 10 minutes previous with the door shut and the light was on and I could hear music. And the minute I opened the door, I knew he was right there in front of me. I'll never forget the screams of Buki. And then I realised it was me that was actually screaming. But I have to say, the response from the ambulance and fire crew and guards, they were there within five minutes. It's just, they walked him for about 30 minutes in the yard, got his heart back. Um, I actually had to cut him down. And that was a hard thing to do and give him CPR. Um, I actually done first aid three years previous, not thinking that I'd ever need it. But I'd done the CPR on him till the first responder arrived and they walked for about 30 minutes on him and then transported him to the Lourdes. Um, and I have to say they were brilliant up there. Even in ICU, um, he had two massive cardiac arrests on the way and he was put into the CCU and then moved to the ICU. Um, oh, they're just fantastic staff. They supported me and the family a lot. And he was there for what, about five days? Five days. But he didn't make it? He didn't make it. Um, they'd done the brainstem tests yes. for activity. They'd done it twice to be 100% sure. Mm. Because I was iffy about any machines rang going off. Um, and then we were called, me and his dad were called in and we had Mikey and Bookie and Millie there. And um, the decision was made that, you know, there was nothing. We they had couldn't. to turn off the machines. They turn off the machines and he, he passed away. He passed I away, I just yeah. looked at your face. You can still see that image that me oh, met you. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. It's hard. And you had to take him down. I had to take him cut down. him down from... Yeah. Oh my God almighty. And then his older brother, Mikey, who was yeah. 18. 18. PJ was 17. 17. Mikey was 18. 13 weeks later. Yeah. He took his own life. I knew the day I buried PJ, I was losing Mikey. Sorry. <laughs> I knew I was losing him. How, how did you know? So it's just PJ and Mikey had this bond. They were all they were born 13 months apart and they were always together. Even going out in about the same circle of friends and everything. No matter where one was, the other was. And I, I remember looking at Mikey when we had buried PJ in that graveyard. And he was devastated. And I just felt I there was nothing I could do for him. I tried to get him help. You know, he was 18 and I couldn't force him to go in anywhere. Force him to go to a doctor. Spoke to him at length about going. But that day, I will never forget his face and the heartache that was on it. Now, I know the others were suffering too, but Mikey was suffering a lot. And he just couldn't cope with it, PJ. He couldn't, couldn't live without him. Couldn't live without him. And I remember that Monday, I was actually at a funeral of a family friend that had committed suicide. Um, and I was out at that funeral. And I didn't leave my house. It was about four, half four that Monday. And he was on top form. 
literally top form. Now I knew he was he was having trouble sleeping and all this stuff that goes with grief. And but that day he was even out walking with his father in the yard, out fencing in the same field he was got in. Um and he came in and out to me and when he was going I says, I'm heading away now, I said, I'm going out to that funeral in our day. I said, I'll be back in a couple of hours. I said, If you need anything, ring me. I knew he'd be alright because I knew Mammy was there and Damien and she was out walking with his dad, Michael. And he says, oh, it'd be not bothering me. You go on, have a good time, you know. And I'd say to him, I love you, Mikey. Aye, that's the guy who rolled eyes. Aye, like this to me in the window. Will you go on? Like he, it was just, and he'd laugh. And I always remember the, the laugh he gave me in the window. And I went off and I was with family and the family friends and that. And then it wasn't until I was coming home, I was met with blue lights. I didn't even know when it happened. Now, I had spoke to him at half eight that evening. He was at a football game in... I don't know if it was a Tucker or Dunley or his best friend was playing football mm. and he went up to see him play football and you often wonder was it him going up just to say goodbye or something I don't know but um, he went up had his game and come home he was in bed my partner was at home and all his friends arrived at the door they were concerned about Mikey that he'd sent whatever message I don't know what it is to this day but they all arrived they came from Tannelstown Ardy and Toka um, which was lovely because he meant a lot to them. And Damien went and spoke with Mikey and, you know, he felt fine. Would you call me at half six? Yes, it's my, uh, Damien. Um, he was starting a new job with farm relief. He was going to a farmer in Kilcurry uh, for milking. Um, yeah, Damien says, no bother, and I'll give you the lift down. That was about half eleven, twenty-five to twelve. And then about ten to twelve, my young son, Connor, which is known as Buki, came running in the back door with his friend that they needed help with Mikey they were after finding Mikey now bearing in mind Buki had already found Peter with me and now he found Mikey his other brother his friend his other brother yeah and how did he end his life he hung himself as well yeah both of them both of them yeah I just want to take a short break on late lunch. Stay with us. Patrice Matthews is with me on late lunch this afternoon and she's telling us one of the most remarkable stories I've ever heard on this show in all my time doing it about losing her two lovely boys, PJ and Mikey, to suicide. Can I ask you this? Your other children, especially the boy who who found them and the, the others as well, how are they? They have their up and down days. Are you concerned about Oh, that? I am, yeah. They're struggling. They're struggling. Is there help? Are you getting help? I am Are getting they, help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am getting help from them, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They I need s- it. I'm sure you worry every time they go out the door. Pookie will tell you, I do scourge his phone with phone calls. Yes. <laughs> even messages, and I even, if he doesn't answer, I'm straight away on to his friends. And they will re- reassure me that he's okay, that they're all together. And you sort of settle for a bit and then an hour will pass and you go, God, you know, I'm going to give another buzz there. Mm. So that's understandable. Yeah. And I know it was like putting, dropping one stone and then a second stone into a pond. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? And yeah, the ripple, ripple effect that's gone out to all the yeah. close friends, the yeah. friends. You, you've, you've, you've seen oh, this. Oh, I've seen it, yeah. It's like I know what, how we are at home and the devastation we have at home. And I didn't, it wasn't until you get talking to the friends and the friends' parents and the friends of them friends that you realise how much 
the death, you know, the passing of the two boys yes. has caused such devastation to mm-hmm. everybody. I want to bring in your good friend who's sitting beside yes. you here, patiently listening yeah. to everything that you're saying. And she's so welcome to the show because you see Sandra and Patrick Byrne yeah. have been behind setting up Safe Castle Bellingham. Sandra, you're very welcome Thank to the you. show. It's very tough being in this woman's company. Isn't yeah. And our children went to school in Stavannan yeah. with her children. So we've known each other yeah. for years. And uh, the whole community wanted to do something, but nobody knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at home saying, right, everyone wants to do something. Where do you start? What we need is a counsellor that's there all the time that these boys could have just texted or rang or somebody that's on the ground that's local to them. If they ring P at a house in Dublin or whatever, fair juice to them they do their their bit but you'll get an appointment for whenever and you've got so sad in Dundalk that's fine but you have to go out to so sad mm. or even if you ring them but it's an appointment we thought you need something suicide doesn't do appointments it doesn't wait you need to talk to somebody there and then and then we were thinking right okay if we get a counsellor we'll try and get somebody to, to take this on we're going to need somewhere for them to be a base and that's what led to we get a camper van because it's mobile. If we have to go and get a building, what price is a building going to be? Mm. You're going to have to heat it, insure it, man it 24-7. We thought with a camper van, it's mobile. He does a couple of hours in Castle Bellingham one day a week. He could go to Annie Gasson, they could go to Stabannon, yes. go to Dunlear. And it's awareness as well, even if nobody sets foot in it, it's awareness that it's there and it's there for everybody, whether it's for the person that's suicidal or their family or their friends, somebody that's worried about them, they can go to it for advice. It's there for... It's a great concept. It just came to us as bit by bit, it just grew and grew. And then I said, right, I've got to talk to Patrice about this. I'll keep an eye out for her. I'm not going to ring her over this. I need to Mm. see her face to Mm. face. And I met her in Castle Bellingham one day and I said... I want to talk to you about something, but I don't want to talk to you about it. But I have to talk to you about it. And I said, we've come up with this idea. I said, I don't know if you want to be on board with it or if it's too raw. And she said, no, I have to be. I explained it to her. She said, I have to be on board. I said, don't make any rash decisions. Think about it. And she said, no, I have to be. I just have no choice. I'm doing Mm. it. And we had our first meeting then. We have five or six people involved. Yes. Mm. And uh, we have two councillors straight away came on board to say, hands up where we want to volunteer our time for this. So we have our leaflets that are posted all over social media but they're in all the shops around Caspelling and pubs anywhere. Yeah. We can leave them. They're there and the two phone numbers are on that. So, so the service is up and running. Oh it's up yeah. and running straight the, from yeah. the first minute we had Two councillors on Action. board. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't sit around no waiting things. for things. Oh, well, you see, in elite form, they don't either. You know, we know that as well. Great company, yeah, yeah. Uh, your own company there. This is wonderful. It's wonderful news. And we want to get the word out that this Sunday, there's a tractor run happening and a market. And if you want to support Patrice and support, save Castle Bellingham and support the founders of it as well, Sandra, uh, this is your opportunity to this, do this. We have a GoFundMe page as well yeah. if anybody wants to donate that way because we are fundraising for the uh, camper van. Of course. And that's going to What's take... What's the GoFundMe? It's it's a website that you can go... GoFundMe, uh, Safe Castle Bellingham. Safe Castle Bellingham. Yeah, of course. You Google that in <laughs> yes. there, you can get in there. What yeah. about the, the market? Where, where and when it's is that It's in Castle Bellingham. In Castle Bellingham, yes. Where? In the, in the in village. In the village itself. on the green, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll have it all barriered off and... 
And that runs from what time? Until from the, five until nine in the evening. Oh, and lovely. the tractor run will come through the village probably six or half six. Fantastic. So it'll all be happening. It's all happening yes. at the yeah, one yes. time. Yeah. And the, we had a tractor run last year and the two boys were in the tractor yeah. run. The two of them? Yeah. Both of them had a yeah. tractor each in it. And, uh, PJ and Mike. Yeah. yeah. It'll be really poignant on Sunday, oh, yeah. won't it? When oh, it will, the yeah. tractors it come will. along for you. Yeah. For you. Yeah. How are you? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> How are you, Patrice? <laughs> sorry. I'd have hard days. Very hard days. Of course days. you do. Of course you do. I, I do it and have them back. Just even for an hour. <laughs> and towards a Christmas without them, it's... Yes. I'd lo- I love Christmas. I always did. And I always sort of, inst- not instilled it, but they loved Christmas too. And it just, this Christmas, you know, the youngest girl, Madison, she's putting up seven stockings. And you know them seven stockings aren't going to be filled. I find that hard. Yeah. Very hard. Very, very hard. And you know, you you have to get on with for, oh, for them to, yeah. and yeah. for yourself yeah. and your yeah. partner and the dad, their dad do, and everybody's yeah. you do. affected by it. And there are no words. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know. I said to you how you get up in the mornings and you get on with it. You're a powerful woman. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and you know, out of this, out of this terrible, desperate tragedy yeah. is coming real good oh, that I, hopefully will yeah. save lives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just think of that. I know it's not much consolation, but it, it is. A con- yeah, and the yeah. concept should be repeatable in other villages. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it is. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I love the get at it. Yeah. The action. Do. Yeah. Get people in. Get going. That's credit to you. It yeah. really is credit yeah. to you. It really is, Sandra. Uh, well done to you. And um, look, today I'll remember for an awful long time yeah. as I said to you this has been a moment in my career and, and time on late lunch that will stay with me stay with me forever I think of you thank you Patrice your children your partner their boy's dad <laughs> everybody who's touched by this and we all pray for you this Christmas time that you may get through thank you and continue yeah with what you're doing which is fantastic Safe Castle Bellingham Sunday it is the tractor on yes. and in the evening and the market on the green in Castle Bell. Yes. Everybody welcome. Everybody welcome. And the tractors register from 12 o'clock in the Elite Farm Yard. And then all the viewing points are around the route, mm-hmm. which is on Facebook and Facebook. And it's, don't it's forget well the GoFundMe as well. Yeah. Safe Castle Bellingham. This is a wonderful, wonderful initiative, I say again. Thank you both for joining me on the show today. It's been my pleasure and privilege. Patrice Matthews and Sandra Byrne. Thank you. Thank you very much. Patrice Matthews is a remarkable lady. She really is. And your comments underline that. Thank you so much. And if you were affected by anything we were talking about with Patrice, she lost her two sons to suicide. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Well, my God, Jerry, I have no words. God bless Patrice. God give her strength to carry on. That comes in from the lovely Christine Arkins this afternoon. Jerry. I am in floods of tears here. It is heartbreaking to hear Patrice tell her story. What a remarkably wonderful woman. My sincere condolences to Patrice on losing her two children. Uh, That comes in from a patient at Sign Today. You are a very strong woman, Patrice, says another lady. Her name is Anne. You're doing amazing work setting up Safe Castle Bellingham. I'm always thinking of you. 
more. They go on and on. Sitting here, the story of that poor woman, the tears are falling. I'm heartbroken for her loss. I lost my own brother and sister the same way, says Pauline there from Dundalk. There's another one. And Jerry, I'm sitting in my car listening to that lady. It's simply remarkable, radio. I would just love to give her a hug. I'm actually crying here. But I do believe her two boys are sitting on her shoulders, says Martina, with lots of love there coming in. And they go on and on. Patrice, the love today is remarkable we're getting for you. And if you're listening to us still, we're all thinking of you and will be over the Christmas and New Year. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. My next guest is a baritone. He's a graduate of the Royal College of Music and National Opera Studio. He has performed everywhere and anywhere that counts all over the world. I'd be here for the next half hour reading out where he's been and what he's done. But he is the man behind Kells Voice Studio right here in the Northeast. I'm delighted to say hello to Owen Gilhooly Miles. Hello, Owen. Hello, Jerry. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Um, what does um, this is my first curiosity? Kells Voice Studio. Could you help me? <laughs> I'm sure I could. I could. Can you hold a tune? <laughs> well, I, I give it a go, but you might run out of the building, Owen, when you hear me. That's the only thing. But, but look, tell us. I'm curious. What do you do there? Who do you teach? How, how does it work? Well, it's it's um, it's a private um, voice studio in that I teach singing. Um, I moved to Kelza about two years ago now and founded the voice studio. And I have been I've been teaching um, a whole plethora of um, budding singers, and it's it's been it's been very rewarding and expanding slowly all the time, which is which is great. I'm actually a, a, a singing teacher at the Royal Irish Academy of Music, um, yes. where I'm where I'm coming to you for, from right now. So I'm surrounded by music and by by singing. So I'm just bringing that a little bit, um, I suppose, a little bit closer to home. Yeah, out into the sticks. And that's where we need it. We do, Owen. You're doing a great job. But tell me this as well. Is, is, there, is there a note in everybody? I have said this many times to different people in the field of, of teaching music and that. Can everyone sing? Is there a note in all of us? Or is there some of us that were just lost causes? Uh, well, there's, I think there's a note in everybody, and Good. everybody can, and everybody can can improve to an extent. Right, absolutely. It dep- I suppose it depends on what your what your ambition is. Mm. And for you, obviously, being a baritone yourself, it's in the classic area, the cl- the classic voice genre that you mainly work. Yes, it is. Yeah, it, most of my my work is is classical. I'm a, I'm I'm an opera singer, um, but I do work a lot with musical theatre singers as well, and I actually mm. love. I love the, the diversity of it all. Okay, so, you know, and a musical theatre, I'm a big fan myself, I have to say. What's the, 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 the depth of talent like in your book? You know, looking at with your academy glasses on and even locally in, in Kells, is, is there tremendous vocal talent out there in Ireland? There is tremendous vocal talent yeah, all, all over, locally in Kells and, and, and also throughout, throughout the country, in fact. You know, for for the little country that we are, we we really do uh, punch way above our our weight, and we do so well nationally and internationally um, that it's it's really heartening when someone comes through that door, and they mightn't be a hundred percent sure of where they're going, and that you're able to um, guide them and discover their individual talents and mm. uh, helping to develop that is that's one of the things I enjoy the most about it mm. I've seen you described as a vocal health first aider yeah that's something that <laughs> that's something that that's, that's kind of I, I'm, I'm big into my voice science and 
wanting to know about all all about how the voice works and how we how can we develop it because of course our instruments are in are inside us we can't actually see what's going on mm. so it takes quite a little bit of um, study to understand all the the biology of it all and uh, how it, how it all comes together so the first the the first aid course was basically um, set up by a, uh, a group in the UK to help singing teachers and voice professionals to help other people who are having voice difficulties or voice problems to be the, the first port of call um, with, re- with regards to sorting their voices out or um, possibly referring them onwards mm. um, for, for either um, to a voice clinic or something like that. That yes. we, are, we, are, we, are, we are in a position we're trained in order to be able to identify certain problems and to help people overcome them. Do you, starting off, you know, young singing and then moving up through, say, from child, teenage years into young adult. And of course, the boys, uh, the men's boys uh, voices break and, and voices change with the ladies, too. When do you know or does someone know what road they're going? You know what I'm talking about? Baritone, tenor, pr- uh, soprano, mezzo, soprano, etc. on the lady side. Well, it's 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 usually it's usually a bit more obvious for for the ladies because yeah. the, the voices uh, develop at a much uh, a much quicker rate than than the guys. Okay, but it's kind of it's kind of late teens into early twenties that the, the the real voices starts starts to to show themselves and and to emerge, um, and it's it's a trickier line for the boys because obviously they they're going from singing either soprano or alto. Um, into thinking either tenor or bass, and the, the voices change hugely between kind of mid teens to mid to mid twenties. Mm. Um, and, and I always say to people, actually, your voice is never done. It's it's, it's changing all the time. It's growing. It's maturing. Um, your range could be changing. Um, it, and, and that's what makes it exciting. Um, that you're you're constantly having to to keep on top of it. I know people who started training in their early, in their late teens and then left us and came back in their mid-30s and had a completely different kind of instrument just because they had done some work in it. it was, they were working away and cooking away in the background. So it's yes. really exciting. I, I always say it's never too late. Oh. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, that is really good to hear. Any age, and and as well, when you mentioned the voice as an instrument, which indeed it is, it is the most complex instrument of of all, perhaps. And then when you move on, uh, own in life, when does a voice, you know, when is it at its zenith, at its best, and does it decline as we age into later life? It do, it does it does decline, but a, a strong technique and an understanding of how the how the voice works 
helps to sustain that for much, much longer. Um, and, you know, our muscle mass decreases as we get older in every sense. So we don't, we don't have the same, we don't have the same strength as we would have necessarily in our 20s and 30s when we were in our 60s and, and 70s. But we should be able to sing into, well into our 60s, if not into our 70s. Only recently I saw um, a clip of a, a wonderful lady who was 92 on YouTube and her voice was in incredible condition and she was she was still singing like someone who was no more than 50. It was quite extraordinary. Isn't that just wonderful to hear? It really, really is. Now, I, I want to talk to you today about something special that's coming to Kells and you're bringing it there. First performed in Dublin on the 13th of April, 1742 at the New Music Hall, which is long gone, we have to say. But this continues. Handles Messiah to Kells. Handles Messiah to Kells, yes. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to, to be bringing Messiah to Kells for the first time and to be able to perform it um, at St. Columbus Church of Ireland. It's an absolutely beautiful space with a, a great acoustic and it's just wonderful to be carrying on the tradition of Messiah in Ireland where it was premiered for the first time and especially at this time of the year when the almost the entire first part of Messiah is dedicated to Christmas music, which is really beautiful. Mm, you have a lovely ensemble. I was just looking at the names. Mairead Bukia. Buick, is it Buick she pronounces it? Buick. Buick. Mairead Buick, a uh, soprano. Anne-Marie Gibbons, your mezzo is there. And uh, the the two uh, boys taking part, I actually know one of them well, baritone David Kennedy and tenor Sean Tester, who I've worked with a number of times. Great. Well, the two the two boys are actually students of mine. Great. So there's no no nepotism involved at all. I promise. <laughs> oh no! Come on, sure there has to be. They're your, as you say, they're your proteges. And why wouldn't they be involved? And of course, as well, the Irish Choral Sinfonia will be there, and the Cambiata Chamber Choir. And guess it's going to be an unbelievable night. And I take it at, at that church uh, because I, I know the Church of Ireland buildings uh, have a, a pretty unique. Acoustic to them. Uh, St. Columbus, no different. St. Columbus is no different. It has a beautiful, beautiful wooden ceiling, which really helps to enhance uh, enhance the sound. And we were going to be performing in a very uh, focused, in a focused way, right at the front. With we'll be, we'll have our our lighting and our everything in place to create an ambience. And this is, it, it, I'm, I'm just really, really excited, especially for the boys because it's it's actually their first time doing it with an orchestra as well. So it's the first time, first time out of the out of the trap. So it'll be really exciting. Great stuff. So seven o'clock Sunday, St Columbus Church of Ireland, Kells. Can people rock up on the night, or if they want to get tickets ahead, what's the story? They can get tickets on um, Eventbrite. That's yep. where we're, there's only a handful left at this stage, which is absolutely fantastic. Great. Um, or there might be a few still at the Bookmarket Cafe in Kells as well. OK, but get your tickets in advance because this is going to be a sellout for Sunday night. It you, is going to be a yes. sellout. That's right. It's yep. frost or no frost, we're going for it. <laughs> it's going ahead. It's not like the horse racing. It doesn't matter about the underfoot conditions. It's the voices that counts and the wonderful music. So get your tickets and don't rock up. If you get a late ticket, go there and enjoy. Well done on bringing it to Kells. Lovely to talk to you today and I'm sure we will be talking again down the road, Owen. Thanks so much, Jerry. Really appreciate it. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Owen Gilhooley-Miles there. Brilliant man. Wonderful voice. What a career he's 
had and will have indeed and bringing the Messiah to Kells. Well done to him. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. After the break, we are going to have a little chat about the My Mead cards. Joining me next on Late Lunch is Mick Hughes from the Stockhouse Restaurant in Trim. He's chairperson of the County Mead Chamber and their CEO, Paula McCall. Welcome to the show, Paula and Michael. Thanks for joining me today. Paul, if I could start with yourself. My Mead, the My Mead card, and we were giving them away €100 Euro on them all last week on Late Lunch and people love them. What are the big benefits, uh, Paula, for business? I suppose the biggest benefit, Jerry, is that the, the spend on a My Mead card it stays in the county. And we're in the Chamber of Commerce, we're all about supporting local business as a very, very important time for retail. And we're trying to encourage people to continue to support local through My Mead. So I suppose the scheme was set up, we launched it last year. We had a very successful first year. And again, this year is gearing up to be another very successful year. And I suppose the whole idea behind the scheme is that retailers sign up to accept My Mead card payments. And then the general public might gift them as Christmas gifts or businesses in the county might give them to their staff as staff rewards or corporate gifts. You can spend in up to, you know, almost 400 places now. We've, we've, we've had about 50 new retailers sign up in the past month. You can spend online or in store. And there's no charges to the cardholder. Your balance is all yours to spend when and where you want, online or in store. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's all about uh, encouraging spend. So it's, it's useful for business in this county because we can, we can um, keep spend in the county and continue to have the economy booming. And the card is all about encouraging people to go out and spend it. So the money, we don't, you know, it doesn't reduce over time or any of that. There's no nasty charges. The benefit is for the retailer when you go in and spend. And uh, it's just, I suppose, it's a win-win. And we're all working together here in County Mead to support business. And the card is a, a collaboration with the County Council and the local enterprise office and the Chamber of Commerce. And we're just delighted with the support we've had for it so far. Uh, Michael, come in there. Mick Hughes from the Stockhouse. I never know what, what do they call you, Mick or Michael? See, I have your official documentation here with Michael on it as well in your role with the Chamber, Mick. Anyway, you have two hats here because you're on the Chamber and you're a big pro- proponent of the My Meat and of course your business accepts it as well. From a business point of view, when somebody comes in and, and gives you the card, um, you know, I'm often reluctant. I'm not a great man for presenting vouchers, especially in hospitality settings, but I, I, I shouldn't be, should I, Mick? Absolutely not, and and certainly not with the Miami card. Like it's essentially it's a Mastercard, no different than any mm. uh, uh, debit card that's out there. But I mean, it's 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 done in the county colours. Um, like in, in light of the, we're very proud of our tradition of late, and the pride is put back in the jersey by the ladies of the county here in football, and the men are about to launch a, a similar bid uh, <laughs> this year with new management of that. So it's all about the county colours and and keeping money in the county and keeping business in the county, and and as as Paul has said, ninety two percent, ninety two percent is a staggering statistic, Jerry, of businesses in the county of Mead are family businesses. So when mm. you spend with the My Mead card in Mead, you're supporting another family. You're supporting a family business. So we're delighted to see that coming in. You, you heard me two weeks ago saying a big no to robots and the rest. Yes. Of we're very welcoming to a, a My Mead card coming in and, and anything that's supporting uh, shopping local and, and keeping the money and the spend local and in the restaurant here too 
uh, we, we, we couldn't be happier than to see it coming. Absolutely. And and you heard there uh, what uh, Paul had to say a moment ago. It's growing all the time. There's more money coming through this. It's starting to catch on. People are understanding what the benefits are for businesses and keeping jobs in the region. It's keeping jobs in the region. It's it's uh, like one of the other uh, major performance from, from uh, County Mead Chamber is about promoting people uh, take going to the expos and that and, and, and getting hired uh, instead of commuting out of the county to actually work in the county. But this is about spending in the county. Uh, it's it's a no brainer from from uh, to, to to confine our own spending. So it's actually a challenge, Jerry. I had it there during COVID here. Uh, where when we weren't allowed to travel uh, outside of the county, and we actually did our Christmas ca- shopping. I, I challenged myself to do my ship Christmas shopping in the town of Trim, where Stockhouse is, and that everything that I got for everybody was gone, and it was a, it was absolutely a walk in the park. So there's we have everything that we need here in the county, and to have the card and and to have so many businesses adding on week after week, and it's growing and growing. It's in fact. It's going to be uh, any businesses that won't be honest this time next year will will be feeling very left out because it's 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 expanding at an alarming rate and it's it, the appeal is uh, about uh, now I do know uh, Jerry just to put the thing we have we have on fringes of the county we have a lot of people wearing the Dublin jersey but we, we're developing a spray in the chamber there to spread them heat as well. <laughs> well said. Quickly, just yourself, Paula, before we finish, where can people get their My Mead cards and put the money on them? So you can buy your MyMead card on www.mymead.ie. You can order online for next day postage. You can pick them up in the chamber. Um, we're in Navan here on Church Hill in Navan. Um, you can call us on 046-904-6060 uh, just to let people know that the last day for postage is the 20th of December. But if you miss that deadline, you can always pop into the chamber and we're here until the 22nd of December. Um, and just some, some, just to give a flavour of the kind of places, like we have food, we've got new fuel outlets, so if you're interested in home eating oil, electrical, auto, you can do up the house, you can go to the restaurant, uh, local services, um, hotels, travel, um, you know, we've got uh, Super Values in Oldcastle and Kells, Navan, Rallos and Ashburn. Um, we've near almost 400 places to spend yes. so I'd encourage people to go onto our website and check out the places to spend and when you get if you order a MyMeet card you get a little booklet which it just categorises everyone and some of the retailers are, are so much behind the scheme that they're actually offering additional discounts so it's just their way of saying thank you for keeping local and you know it is just to stress that again this is the most uh, critical time for retail as we run into Christmas um, so really, really want to thank the retailers for signing up to the scheme and, and thank the, the businesses who are buying it for their staff. And just to keep, as, as, as to reiterate what Mick said, you know, this is about the green and gold. So let's keep the Royal County moving forward. And that's what my need is all about. For sure. Thank you both for joining me on thank the you. show today. Paul McCall, CEO of County Mead Chamber and Michael Hughes, Mick Hughes from the Stockhouse Restaurant in, Chim, in uh, Trim, the chairperson. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Ah, sure, we haven't had this one on the show this Christmas time. Yes, it's uh, Peace on Earth. David Bowie and Mr. Bing Crosby. Come, they told me, bum, bum, bum. 
Chicken liver parfait. What an entree to the Christmas dinner table, Tara Walker. So luxurious. This is a very traditional sort of starter, but there's a few little touches that we can do to make it a little bit more modern. So I have lots of butter going in, as you can see. So I have equal quantities of butter to chicken livers. Okay, so 225 grams of butter. And I'm just melting it down in the pan here. We're going to blitz this up in a food processor. We're going to puree it that you have equal amounts of butter and chicken liver. Christmas is about luxury. It is. And now this is a big portion we're making. So I have 225 grams of butter, 225 grams of livers. But actually, this would make about 10 portions easily. So yes, it is indulgent and it is rich, but you're, you're not going to eat loads of it, you know. So I'm going to add my livers in now that my butter is melted. I'm almost poaching these before I caramelize them. So you know I'm always saying to Jerry how important it is to have the pan really hot and all of that. That's not the case here today. We want to cook these and poach them in this butter before we get that caramelisation going because we don't want little chunks of kind of browned bits in our puree. How long will you give them now on the pan? About five, ten minutes, just Mm. so that you can hear now there's a little bit of a sizzle picking up in here now. And I'm going to now add my garlic. So I have two cloves of garlic here, just chopped in they go. And then I have some thyme from the garden. So I'm just going to pull the leaves off the thyme and pop that in. Now you can use dried as well if you want, but I think it's lovely if you have access to fresh. So let's get those in. So I didn't obviously put the garlic in too early on because it might have burnt by the time we're up at this bit of a sizzle now. Can you smell that now? I certainly can. I forgot we're on radio for a second. I was about to say, smell that to everybody, but isn't it gorgeous? Between the savouriness of the thyme, the meatiness of the livers, the richness of the butter, and then of course the garlic it just smells absolutely delicious. Oh, the waff from the pan, folks. Tara's right. Garlic, thyme, liver, butter. You can't beat it. If this is a forerunner of what it's going to taste like, we're in for a treat. Absolutely. It's really, really tasty. And funny, you know, I don't have a super old-fashioned palate, as you know, but I really do love this. So, Jerry, can you see we have a lovely little bit of just gentle caramelisation mm. on the outside of the livers, OK? And we've got great flavour going on here. And now I'm adding a nice shot of brandy. You can use whiskey either. And we're just going to let that deglaze a little bit and just bubble up into that mixture. And she's bubbling. Is that it now in terms of all your ingredients in? This is all our ingredients in and what we just want to do now is just let that alcohol burn off and then I want to make sure that the livers are completely cooked through. You definitely don't want any pink or undercooked in this scenario here. So what I'll do is I'll just break them up a little bit and check them. So Jerry, you can see there now, I'm just opening all of the livers to make sure that there's no pink left. Mm. Okay, so they're completely cooked through. We're going to just let that cool a minute or two before we blitz it up in the food processor. And you can see I have a little bit extra butter. So when I had 225 grams of butter, I used about two thirds of it to cook the livers. But then I have a little bit left over, which I'm going to blitz through with the chicken in the food processor because it'll kind of cool it down a little bit. And then over here, I just have another little bit of butter melting very, very slowly and gently in my pan to make clarified butter. So you can see all of the little impurities have dropped to the bottom of the pan. And at the top, we have the kind of the pure oil part of the butter. And we're going to pour that over the chicken liver parfait just to um, seal it when it's in its little in the little ramekins. So all into the blender. So, Jerry, yeah, I've just let it cool a little bit so it's not red hot going into my food processor. And I'm going to blitz it up. This is without that little third extra of butter. I just want to, at this moment, basically cut up and puree the livers before I add the butter to add smoothness. 
So that's everything that was in the pan blitzed there. Just going to add the extra little bit of butter through here and that'll just give it that lovely creaminess then. And you can smell that now. Doesn't it smell delicious? Oh, does it what? I'd nearly be tempted to stick my finger in there and take a lick. But I'm not allowed. (laughs) Oh, look at the smoothness of that now. So now we're going to pop it into our little ramekin. This will set in the fridge then. And actually, maybe before you pour it into your ramekin, just have a little taste for seasoning. Make sure you're happy with the balance of flavours. I'm very happy with that. And then our clarified butter. Just give a really nice little decorative touch at the end and just elevate your presentation because it is Christmas time after all. I have a sprig of thyme here and I'm adding some of my clarified butter to the top. Then I'm popping my sprig of thyme in and then another bit of the clarified butter. And what that will do is just have the sprig of thyme suspended in the clarified butter when it has set and it's going to be absolutely lovely to look at then as a nice starter. Let's get it into the fridge. And we'll come back to that shortly as well. Oh, you're, you're a devil altogether. The little sprig of thyme there and the aesthetics. The look is important, oh, isn't it? Oh, it really is. And especially at Christmas, it's nice to just make that little bit of an extra effort, isn't it? Rather than slapping it in. You know, if you have a little spillage on your ram, you can make sure you clean it off and, and present it nicely. So we're nearly done. Our chicken liver parfait is almost ready. It's gone into the fridge there. And I'm looking forward to tasting the magic of radio. We're ready to taste the parfait. Oh my word. It looks the part anyway, and I'm sure it's going to be absolutely superb. And as you say, this will keep. Yes, oh, it'll keep very well um, in the fridge for a couple of days or in the freezer. Pop it into the freezer maybe if, you, if you're not sure when you're going to have it. Or if you've made a big batch but you only maybe have five portions to serve on Christmas Day. Now you're serving it with a lovely cracker. Yeah, so I just have it on a nice little thin kind of rye cracker. Um, Sometimes I've made homemade oat cakes with it, which we did on the show last year for Christmas. And I love to serve a chutney with it as well. So plum chutney I always served here at my Christmas class. Any chutney you like really. So you just want something a little bit sharp and sweet with it. Okay, let's have a taste. It's time. The proof is in the eating. Here we go. Oh my... Isn't that just gorgeous? Chicken liver parfait. You're bringing me back. I told you a little while ago. I have great memories. Love chicken livers. 2022 version. Tara Walker gets a 10 from Len. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's very tasty, isn't it? Mm. And it's quite a nice little delicate starter as well before Christmas. Big meal at Christmas, you know. It's beautiful. Recipes where? So I have a new website, Jerry. It's tarawalkerfood.ie. It's not live yet, but it will be in the new year. And I have a whole cooking club on there. So people can sign up right now to tarawalker.ie. And then as soon as I launch, you'll get an email with all the information on it. Great stuff. Thank you so much for your hospitality and the wonderful food as always. It's Christmas on late lunch when Tara Walker's on cooking. Happy Christmas, everyone. Great to see you as always, Jerry. Tara Walker has started on main course uh, on Thursday of next week. Always delighted to call by. She's just fantastic. Check her out. New website coming in the new year and new angle on business entirely. Dear Jerry, I was sitting here having my lunch, listening to you talking to Patrice and the tears rolling down because I lost my own son just four years ago. The same way. Every day I think of him. It's just the very worst thing a mother can go through. I often say that I had pain when I gave birth to him, but the pain of losing him is a thousand times worse. 
I could go on, but I'm not able. Thank you for how you handled the interview so compassionately. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you too. Another mother grieving a lost son to suicide. Isn't it shocking? Really, really is. Thank you for sending me that message. We're thinking of you too. Much appreciated. Sure, it wouldn't be the same in Salterstown if the Christmas lights weren't up uh, and Heather Harmon wasn't uh, displaying her wonderful illuminations each year. We spoke in September with the crunch coming on the uh, cost of energy and electricity. She's back with me today. Is it the big switch on this evening, Heather? The big switch on is this evening, half six until half nine. So, Heather, regardless of electricity prices or anything else, you're going to illuminate them right through the season and into the new year, is it? That's it. That's it. Sure. So the government's helping with the bill. <laughs> you're going to get the the grant and that'll keep keep you going. How many, exactly. How many years, Heather, at this stage? Uh, this will be the fourth year now for charity. Great. And who are you supporting oh. this time round? Oh, same again. So sad. Good on you, good on you. We were so just sad. talking top of the show there to Patrice Matthews who lost her two boys. That's you know. very true, yes. Yeah, you know, and it touched so many, many people. So tell us this year, have you added, have you anything different in? What's the story? I have added. Um, I've done a bit of a change and there's a few little surprises. Ooh, and you're not going to tell me, obviously. You want people to go down no, and see them. No, no, you'll have to come out and see. <laughs> And tell us this, how long does it take you from your start uh, working on the display till you're ready to light up? How many days are you at this? Uh, you'd be, it's about three weeks. The weather was not with us this year. Yeah, yeah. So even there up until the other day, you know, you were able to walk on the grass and we were setting up the swans the other day and the ground was just in gutter. Mm. Yeah. So... Yeah, that has held they're you back. Place now. Yeah, but they're there, they're there, and they're they're, there. they're ready to go. But true, you, you're right in what you say. God, I've never seen such a wet spell and underfoot so difficult. So that that sets you back. But there's a, quite a bit of time in, in getting this together. And you know, when you go out and go at it, I'm, I'm curious about this, Heather. Do you have a, a plan, a roadmap? Do you know exactly what you're going to do, or do some things just happen as you're putting up the lights? Um, I do have ideas. Mm. Um. I even pick up a few things along during the year. Yep. Um, even people throw away things right. into V&W. Right. And, you know, you can just bring them home and uh, put new wires on them. And yes. it's a new thing for me. Yeah. So you're always on the look. You're always on the lookout. <laughs> they should be selling Christmas lights all year round. Oh, really? Are you a Christmas all year round kind of woman, yeah? Well, does he... I picked up two bears the other day. The wire bears. Um, if that was, if I had picked them up now during the year, yes, and I hadn't got the lights, I wouldn't have been able to put them on. I see. Well, I I put new lights on them, but they're for next year. So you're a moocher. Is that what you're telling I'm me? I'm a moocher. I'm very much so a moocher. <laughs> I think I think are great people because they see things and pick up things that the rest of us discard. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a few of the things now that is on display now that will be uh, that was mooched 
and they just look fantastic. Good on you. We have a new word for countdown. We must see will it go up on the board. Mooched. I love that one. Mooched. That's that's certainly a new one for the dictionary. So, what time this evening? And who? I, I presume you, you're switching them on yourself, are you? Well, you've so many plugs to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll be they'll be on for half six. Good on you. On for half six. So, I, and up until half nine, and weekends we might go on to ten o'clock. Lovely. And just tell people where you are again. We're in Salters Town, and I'll give you the air code. Yes. A nine two. Yeah. P nine five seven. That's it. A ninety two. I'll give it again. A ninety two. P nine five seven. Yeah. That's it. And we expect to see a load. A load of people. It's a open season. A load of people. <laughs> and don't be stopping unless you're going to put money into it. <laughs> you're because you'll block the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't snap your cup of coffee for sure, Heather. And nobody will. They'll be giving you loads, and it'll be all going to so sad. Good luck well, to you with I've the lights. Seen the bucket was out there now and there's a few pounds gone into it already ah that's great to hear listen well, I'll see you over the Christmas and New Year take care of yourself ok Jerry. Okay, bye thank Heather bye 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 the lights go on in Salterstown it's time for this now in Late Lunch The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week it's the Jam All Week on Late Lunch this week and I mentioned yesterday they split in 1982 the decision to split Uh, When they were riding high was made solely by Paul Weller. He maintained and still does to this day that he just didn't want to continue simply because they were successful and wanted out while they were on top of their game. There's a lot to be said for it when you see so many groups, isn't there, trying to hang on in there forever. He also wanted to test the water and see what he could achieve by himself. The other two band members were not impressed to say the least. This announcement came out of the blue and they were really angry. To this extent, Bruce Foxton didn't speak to Weller for more than 20 years, while the other band member, Rick Buckler, up until quite recently, hadn't any communication with Weller either. It was really acrimonious. The two boys who were left did reform the jam in the noughties and they actually played to sell out crowds on tour in the UK and USA. But Weller didn't partake saying the Reformation was sad, embarrassing, and even if he were starving, he would never return. My, oh my, he didn't put a toot in it, did he? And so, for today's tune, which only made it to a miserly number 21 on the UK charts in 1981, but it's an absolute cracker for the jam. They were so entertaining, weren't they? Jam, my artist of the week on your late launch with That's Entertainment. They were big in the day. They certainly were. And I'll round off the week tomorrow with the song I think everybody's waiting for from them. 
and uh, more about them as well around about this time on the show. I want to say a big thank you to all of the schools and students in TY and the mini companies who got in touch with us to partake in this mini-series. There were so many and we're going to come back to it, I promise you, in the new year. But I want to mention Ballamacenny College in Drogheda who are holding their mini-company Christmas fair tomorrow Friday. Our Ladies College Green Hills, whose fair is next Wednesday to showcase the company products. Drogheda Grammar School, who are in Scotch Hall this weekend with their range of uh, ideas they've come up with. And to Loretto in Navin, whose Christmas Enterprise Day is tomorrow Friday, and especially Summer Daily, who took time to personally message us about our candles, our lovely candles. Check them out. She'll be selling those with friends. But today, it's the turn of Dundalk Grammar and the TY Entrepreneurs, and I'm joined by Blake Jackson and Laura McEvitt. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hi, thanks for joining me on the show. Laura, I'll start with yourself first. Barn with it. I love this idea. Tell your listener, our listeners what it's about. So I take old tools and horseshoes and I weld them together into sculptures for people to display in their homes or gardens. And you just don't weld them together. You doll them up with different things. You dress them up. You make them more appealing, don't you? Yeah, so I... I cut them and I clean them and I weld them together and then I'll give them a coat of primer as well as paint. So for my Santas and my reindeers, they tend to be painted to the colours that they would technically be. So my Santas would be red, my reindeers have their brown and their white furry chests. But it's all around horseshoes especially, isn't it? But other equipment, similar equipment, what other things do you use besides the horseshoes? So I use tools as well. Um, I was given a set of tools that aren't currently being created anymore. Um, I also use dentist tools uh, to create some products that I just came kind of came up with. Mm. So for the dentist tools, uh, I ended up making a longhorn bull with two of them. And uh, I also made a couple of robins out of the uh, dentist tools. Well done to you. Very creative indeed. So this metalworking is something you really like. I have to say, I've been looking at what you've produced. Congratulations, they're beautiful. Thank you. They really are. You're onto something here and there's something appealing in them. Uh, You know, you're going back and using equipment, you know, that resonates with lots of people too. How did you get on? Were you at the Christmas market in the Imperial? Was that last Sunday? Yes, so... This is the first year that I've set this business up. My dad taught me how to weld when I was younger Mm. and I made a butterfly for my primary school principal. My auntie was obsessed with it and wanted one uh, last Christmas. So I made her one and then it kind of just started the cycle again. So I started making things and adventuring into different products and ideas. And I eventually then got a commission from the pumping station fairy garden in Pierce Park. Mm. I made a flower bed Uh, using spanners that we actually found out originated from Pierce Park before I had gotten them. Um, And then that was publicised by the Democrats and I got a lot of um, publicity from that where the people who ran the Imperial uh, Market had actually found me and then contacted me asking if I would like to attend that. Mm. 
So you were invited. That is even more special to be contacted and said, we like what you do. I ain't surprised. And they wanted you to go along there. That's terrific, you know, resonating with the Pierce Park people there and uh, from years ago with, with, with the stuff that you re-engineered for them. Is welding difficult to learn? At the start, it was very scary. Um, I have a lot of visual issues. And for me, it was very hard to learn how to do it because I couldn't see where um, the welder was or where the tools were or where lines stopped and started. So it took a while for me to learn how to do it. But once you kind of learn it, it's very easy to do then. Mm. Um, My dad works in Marmion Engineering and he's shown some of the newer lads uh, my welds as like a demo for them yeah. but um, they tend to do a lot of um, like gates and stuff so they'd cut out um, little holes and things and they would give me those cutouts to practice welding on or to use in my um, products as well so I have learned a lot of skills from them and my dad um, and I'm currently just kind of picking up things as I go but at the start it was a slow process mm. Good on you. Where can people find out more about Barn With It? They can look me up on Instagram and uh, Facebook, but they can also uh, find me next week at the Dundalk Grammar School Trade Fair. Um, it'll be held on Wednesday from 2 to 5. Yes. Um, and also the Dundalk, Grammar, the Dundalk Garden Centre also sells some of my products um, and they're more than happy to pass on my contacts as well. Great stuff. Let's have a quick chat with Blake Jackson. Hello, Blake. Hi, Gary. How are you? Thescent.ie is your business. Natural handmade soaps branching into lip balm and candles in the near future as well. Tell us about this business. How did it get going and about you? So I make uh, homemade natural soap here uh, in our Laos. So it's all natural, and I got inspired to make our natural collection of soaps when I seen a lack of natural hygiene products that are effective. So I was inspired by that, and I had a lot of testing and a lot of planning and preparation to do to get these soaps to the, to the best quality. Yeah. And, uh, we uh, got a huge amount of positive feedback, so we just kept going and made it into a full-time thing. So it's a full-time, this is a full-flying business, and I'll tell you, I admire your website. You have a wonderful website as well. Is there anyone involved with you in it, or is it just you? It's just me. Just yourself? Good on you. I'll tell you one thing. You're going places, young man, with this because I looked at all the the different versions of the soap as well. Some that jumped out at me: aloe vera, eucalyptus, chamomile, watermelon, bubble gum. What about the bubble gum? What's that like? Oh, that's a lovely soap. It's, it's fresh. It's, it's it's a very nice soap and it's very uh, aesthetic. Mm. Looks very cool. And and your raw ingredients and 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 the. Um, the, the different uh, scents and that that you put into them. Where, where, where do you get those from? I get them all uh, from a natural website. And uh, all the ingredients are all 100% natural, so there's no harmful chemicals or anything like that used. So they're good. There's no nasties in there at all. They differentiate themselves from lots of other stuff. And are you selling online? Uh, I, I, I went in today and I see you can. No bother. How are the online sales going for you? 
Are they? That's terrific. Yeah. It really is. So the scent.ie, everything is there. You can go in and check the range and how you order. That's the the simplest way. Listen, good on you. Well done to you. You're onto something really good there. I wish you well with it. And you too, uh, young lady, Laura McKevitt. Good on you. Great ingenuity. Entrepreneurs of the future, for sure. Good luck to you with all you do. Thank you. Not at all. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Two great young people there from Dundalk Grammar School with wonderful products. Barn with it. Check it out. B-A-R-N. Barn with it. And the scent.ie finishing us off on late lunch today. And the bubblegum. Never saw bubblegum, so to be honest with you before. There you go. You learn something every day on this wonderful show. Anyway, tomorrow on late lunch, Declan Bailey is here to recommend... For the techies out there, Gadgets and Gizmos at Christmas, which he's done for quite a number of years with us. Nikki Kyle, what do you buy for the gardener in your life? Nikki's with us. We're in the garden with Nikki. David Sheehan covers off the sport. We have comedy. And I have a big prize for the TV theme tomorrow. I mean a big prize. It's a great one. Don't miss that. Thanks to Brian Farley, who guided me safely through today. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, Paul McKenna is coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. And do come back and join us for the final show of the week, Friday, 1.30. Have a nice evening. We'll see you then. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.